In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Brandon Gilson. Brandon has held corporate roles from 2012 to 2017 with sports teams, PR firms, consulting, and more. He is currently the president of TBS VIP Concierge. He founded The Best Seats in 2012 as a senior in college at LaSalle University. He went full-time September 2017. Brandon's company has over 10,000 clients worldwide with 80% of their business in New England and the rest of the 20% across the world. With various hospitals, hotels, law firms, accounting firms, healthcare, and so much more, TBS VIP is their concierge for entertainment for both personal and business requests. TBS VIP has customized meet and greet experiences in the past for clients with the Backstreet Boys, LeBron James, Michelle Obama, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, Andy Cohen, Ric Flair, Khalid, Anderson Cooper, Trey Young, Billie Eilish, FGL, Josh Groban, g Easy, Mac Miller, Dwayne Wade, and so much more. Today, we welcome our super awesome guest, Brandon Gilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Underdog. We have an awesome, awesome guest here, one of my good friends here, Brandon Gilson. Brandon, welcome. Pleasure. Thank you for having me today, Pam. Oh, it's an absolute honor to have you. I know we've been following each other for a while. We got a lot of stuff going on Definitely. and we're always supporting each other, rooting for each other on social media. So Thank I'm you. so psyched to have you here today and to actually hear your story in depth for the first time personally myself and then also to all the guests who are listening. Definitely. So Brandon, here comes the million dollar question. Who are you? How'd you start? Would you- <laughs> That's a million dollar question, right? <laughs> yeah. So I oversee all of the day-to-day operations here at the Best Seats VIP Concierge. Um, I'll start, you know, with how it all came to life, I guess you can say. And uh, I was a senior. I was at LaSalle College. Um, I was 21 at the time. And I started, uh, you know, our current day company back then on a very small scale. And I was like the go-to guy, Pam, you know, for premium tickets to all the hottest events. So concerts, sports. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. And, and how I got there, you know, it was just simply from networking and, you know, from building up, you know, the people around me so that I could, you know, leverage all of my resources and all of the access that I, you know, have my fingers on. So I would help, you know, people go backstage at concerts, sit front row, sit on the 50 yard line at all the football games, you know, it's like premium, high end, unique access that you can't just find online. So I positioned myself as the go-to guy, you know, that could get anything done. But I then graduated college. I worked in the real world, as they say, you know, I had a nine to five, you know, for about five years working in sports and entertainment, um, you know, music, sales, customer service. 
But it was through those experiences and, you know, like those uh, stepping stones in my career, Pam, that it opened up my eyes, you know, that I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to, you know, put all my time and all my effort into the company that I started, you know, back in 2012. So over those five years, I built up even more, you know, new relationships and I met, you know, thousands of you know, awesome folks. Um, and I said to myself, listen, you know, uh, my personal happiness, you know, lies within you know, being my own boss, you know, not having any strings attached and doing whatever I want, you know, with our company, um, because, the access, you know, that I found, you know, myself having in my back pocket, you know, people were paying a premium for. And I was getting calls from companies and athletes, their families, and just customizing everything from A to Z for them. That's so dope. So your story fascinates me and I love it. I love what you're doing now because I see sort of the expansion and sort of where you're heading and where your market is. And it's so exciting. So how did you even get there in the first place? Like, how did you become the go-to guy? Like, what was the path that sort of took you down that route first to get you there? First off, I wish it was a more sexy answer, Pam, because I get this question (laughs) probably a hundred times every day, you know, and I don't know, like, and I'm curious if you agree with this, like, is there something sexy about entrepreneurship? Because I don't know if there is, like, there's a lot of grit, you know, like endless nights, like endless days, but like you just putting myself out there, you know, just shaking everyone's hands, kissing babies, networking, you know, my ass off. Everyone is a potential, you know, relationship, you know, that I can either help out or, you know, that I can, you know, bring business to, but like just on a small scale, selling tickets. I don't like that whole concept, but, you know, selling tickets, working corporate, you know, meeting some really cool people, just building up a book of business, you know, with businesses and corporations that were looking for this type of service. Absolutely. So tell me about like the first gig you ever did. Uh, I, I don't remember, <laughs> which is bad at me because we've done so many today, you know, for the past seven years now. So yeah. Back in like, what did you say, two, 2012 is when you started? 2012 during my senior year is when yeah. I started this on a small scale. Yeah. What was like the first event that you were like, all right, I'm going to start off with this one? I remember people like, there's so many. I was getting killed with phone calls and emails saying, hey, B, you know, I need courtside seats for the Celtics. I want to fly my family out to, you know, Tampa for the Super Bowl. And I'm just like, wow, like, I have the access to do it, but it's awesome that, you know, they're putting their trust in me, you know, to do everything. It started in 2012 was when you started these events sort of from the ground up. You started doing the premium access at that I started point. marketing myself as marketing. someone that can get access to premium, you know, tickets and experiences. Yeah. How did you get access to the <laughs> first event? Like, well, that, over there? <laughs> a good magician never tells their secret, right, Pam? Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So again, I wish networking. Yeah, true. I mean, there's yeah. no sexy answer to it. Uh, people always ask Brandon, you know, how do you get that access? Listen, like I just always put myself out there and I'm always asking, you know, what can I do for you and who yeah. do you know? So, yeah. So it's the trade secret. So I can't really ask you that, but what drew you actually? So this is the better question. What drew you to the event space more than like anything else events and like travel and that kind of thing? What was uh, the-, the excitement behind it? You know, the uniqueness, the sexiness, the exclusivity, like just the whole, you know, wow factor. Like, 
I mean, you're living proof. You know, tell everyone about the experience that we helped you out with last year. The, the, the one thing that I think is brilliant about what you're doing is that you're investing in experiences. And honestly, that's where the business world is going. You yeah. know, material things can be found on Amazon. They can be found in like different things. But like, I will forever remember that experience for the rest of my life. My mom will too, you know, she's like, for got sure. Nick. and so every single time that, you know, we think about it, it's just like, this was a great experience and it's so well worth it. You really can't put price tags on things like that. You know what I mean? It was so well worth it, but it's like, where are you going to get that access? So thank you so much for, for that experience. But, and, and I can see why it's sort of blowing up for you because yeah. I mean, this is the type of thing that people are investing in these days. Like I was just saying, I mean, you got Amazon, you got all these different competitors in terms of the material market, but like now everything's becoming, what is it? Experiential marketing. Like yep. is it experiential, experiential? I don't know how to say it. <laughs> experiential. Yeah. And then, so everything, even retail stores, they're adding that experience factor to all of their stores because you know, the product itself no longer cuts it. So I, I just think it's so fascinating and it's amazing to me that you've been in it for seven years and you're, you're in like the perfect position in the market right now, aside from COVID, but your positioning is perfect because you're sort of leading yourself up to what's next in the global marketplace. I just think it's fascinating. So, I mean, what did you want to be when you grow up though? Cause like I, that's one thing that I want to know. Cause I always talk to entrepreneurs about this, like before they got into this business, like where did you think you were going to be? Yeah. I feel like what everyone else, you know, wanted to be when they were like growing up, you know, playing sports, basketball player, uh, a hip hop artist, you know, cause I just <laughs> loved rap and hip hop. I'm like, I can freestyle and I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> honestly, Pamela, like just, and I'm the first to admit this, like I didn't get that entrepreneurship bug in me until like I worked corporate. And then I was like seeing like, whoa, this is like not how I'm wired at all. Mm. I mean, my father's a business owner and I always, you know, respect the hustle that he has and like what he does. And I'm like, it's pretty damn cool being your own boss and being able to, you know, dictate, you know, what you can do with the company, you know, what way that you can orchestrate it. And just like seeing how things were run, you know, in the corporate world when I was working for someone, I was like, this is not for me. That's sort of what motivated you to get to the next level with yeah. it and just be like, I'm doing this on my own. Right. Like seeing how happy, you know, we make our clients and like my friends, you know, at these experiences, like that's what, you know, that's why we do it because like the smiles, the testimonials, the happiness, like the experiences that they're never going to forget. I'm like, this is what I love to do. And it's my passion. Right. No, I love that. And so like throughout the years, what was your biggest inspiration sort of growing up? Uh, just being happy. Like, I mean, you know, seeing my, like my father happy, you know, with what he's doing for work. Um, you know, like I would always like be selling like small things on the side, nothing crazy. And I was just like seeing the success from as like, as little, you know, marketing or, you know, promotion that I was doing, you know, for whatever I was selling, I was like, you know, word is like just taking off and I'm not even like paying for advertisements and people are just, you know, spreading like the word about me as like the go-to guy. And I'm just like, this is making me so happy. You know, why not chase after that like as a passion and as a career? Right. Right. Oh my God. That's amazing. So it sounds like your dad's a big influence in your life. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Amazing. So did he own a business the whole like as you were growing up as well? So you sort of yep. saw the entrepreneur. Yeah. Yep. Still in it. So he's in the uh, candy business. So he owns a uh, candy company, manufactures, and he distributes it all over the world. 
That's amazing. So you've seen the hustle from a young age too, just like I have. That always plays a part, I feel like. And especially if you sort of grow up around that, you're just like, you know what it's like, you know? And so you stepping into it, that's super, super cool. Oh my And keeping folks like you in my inner circle, like my circle outside of clients and family is very small. I'm the first to admit that everyone's like, I don't have time to have, you know, a hundred friends, right? But keeping folks like you as someone's in my, I like, I see you from afar and I always, you know, say this obviously, but like, you're also a huge motivating factor for me because I'm like Forbes (laughs) time. I need to catch up to Pamela at some point. <laughs> so, you are, you are, no. like, folks like you are huge motivating factors, you know, for, for someone like me. So Absolutely. No, and, and I'm also motivated by you that I see, you know, I respect the hustle and I see it right away when somebody's just getting it, you know, and like for you, you can tell that it's a passion of yours and that you're just going to keep excelling. But I love how you were just talking about entrepreneurship, that it's like, I mean, there's serious grit in this. Like everyone yeah. sees it as the sexy thing. So this is another one of the reasons why I started Underdog and everything that I'm doing because it's like everyone sort of sees me now and hasn't seen everything that I worked up to up until this point, right? Like I started in the restaurant business when I was 10 and yeah. there till I was like 21 years old. So I was there. No, 20. 20 because then I had my two restaurants after that. But it's like, it's a lot of like, 18 hour days, 16 hour days, sometimes 20, you know, I was gonna say, sometimes 20, yeah, <laughs> depends how crazy it is, you know? Right. So it's like, what's been your experience as an entrepreneur from like the very beginning? Cause I know there's a lot of people out there, you know, especially in the startup world that like struggle in the way beginning. Cause as you know, the first three to five years of business is like, you're just trying to figure it out exactly, and, and stabilize <laughs> and not, bankrupt yourself at the same time because there's just things that you learn throughout the process like straight up I've told people I'm like you know I maxed out my credit cards like like in the beginning of my business like who was going to fund me because I didn't have backup as a developer you know who was going to trust what bank was going to trust that Pam Barty was going to get this done when she had no track record of building you know and then in the building so much can go wrong right so it's like I maxed out my credit cards to the T and like screwed up my credit because of that like years ago it still affects me now you know what I mean and I tell people I'm like you want to be an entrepreneur this is not like a oh I'm on my yacht like life is great you know like it's like eventually you get to that point but I think like those especially those first five years so tell me what it was like to sort of go ground up from like your conceptualization of like starting your business to really like launch and take off for you yeah and I mean like you said like there's just so many unknowns I mean because you can only control so much but I had a whole business plan in my mind you know planned out uh during the time of when I was working corporate, you know, for someone else, Pamela. So I always had like this vision of like how I was going to make that jump from, you know, having a guaranteed paycheck every week or whatever it was to you dictate what you take in and, you know, how successful you're going to be. Like there's no one that's going to be managing you every day, B. So I already had a solid core book of companies that were, you know, calling me, you know, and asking me for A, B and C, you know, and for whatever it was and like family, friends. So, I was very fortunate, um, you know, that I already had a solid whole list of, you know, clients, you know, that I've had under my belt, you know, for years upon years. So it wasn't like I was, you know, starting cold turkey, Pamela, which yeah. which I'm very, very blessed for because I put myself in that position, you know, knowing at some point I was going to make that jump. Uh, I rolled out our internship program about three years ago now. 
And I, you know, bring on two or three interns every semester to help out, you know, with social media, graphic design, video sales. Um, so, you know, that was part of, you know, my whole like business plan was to, you know, help students, you know, like myself, you know, when I was a student that are hustlers like us, you know, give back and to throw them into the whole live experience because I'm a firm believer that you'll learn way more outside of the four walls of a classroom, um, you know, by networking, you know, and doing what, you know, we do best, like meeting people. But yeah, um, those three to five years, like you said, you know, they're a beast and, you know, they'll dictate, you know, what it's going to be like for you after that. And we're coming up on our third year anniversary, actually, in September. Wow. Of when I left, you know, my nine to five, my full-time role. So, yeah. That's amazing. So it seems like, was this a side hustle for a while before you, yeah. So, because I know there's a lot of people in that position right now, and this is what I always advise people getting into even just real estate too. I'm like, listen, if you're thinking about something, you know, as an adult, you got to be realistic in terms of capital and cash flow coming in. Like you said, you have a guaranteed paycheck and so many people are scared to make that jump. Right. But I'm like, if you establish your side hustle for a while, jumping off is not going to be as scary because you already have something established sort of throughout your time. For sure. It sounds like it's exactly what you did. It was very tactful and very smart. Of yeah. You. And we're very, very fortunate where in our line of work, Pamela, there's no overhead because, okay. you know, we're not like a storefront, you know, we're not selling like a tangible product. It's experience. Right. So we're very fortunate, especially during these times, we're not sitting on anything, but, you know, it's times like these, you know, make you appreciate, you know, how you've uh, constructed the type of business that you're in. So, right. So, Question for you, because you're sort of facing the underdog experience right now during COVID with events being canceled and the travel business, you know, being down. I mean, of course, it's only temporary, but you've been forced to pivot, right? All your experiences, because everything was based on events and travel. Yeah. So what have been some ways that you've had to sort of shift your business a little bit to keep up with COVID and then just keep everything rolling? Because I know you mentioned things coming up, you know, with the company too. So I'd love to hear all about that. For sure. And with new challenges come new opportunities, right? So, you know, um, we took some time and, you know, we said, how do we navigate these waters by transforming these in-person awesome experiences to now virtual? Because we still have the same awesome access to people, you know, that are, you know, some pretty cool people that people want to pay money to, you know, meet. So anyways, we're doing virtual cooking lessons with celebrity chefs. We're doing wine tastings. We're doing uh, virtual uh, comedy shows and, you know, virtual short, small concerts because companies now more than ever, you know, are looking for things to do because there's nothing else to do. And people and, you know, all their team is working from home. So it's like, how do we bring everyone together, Pam? You know, happy hours, Like, you know, have everyone go to the, you know, store and and to buy us, you know, it's like beer, but that's boring. Like, you know, so they're like, Brandon, you know, how can we spice up our Zoom call? You know, because we're doing a Zoom call every single day now. So we're doing things like that, Pamela. Uh, We are planning for, you know, what's around the corner. You know, our hope and our belief is that when this is all over, people will be itching to get back out to Mm -hmm. sports, concerts, travel. So that's what we're uh, hoping for. We're playing for all the concerts just got, you know, pushed out for a whole 12 months till next year, but you got to get creative, you know, like we can't just say, all right, well, shit, you know, this is not good. And like, right. it, is what it is like, it is what it is, but how are we going to you know work around it? 
you're a true hustler by by trade. I think entrepreneurship is just in your blood, my friend, because yeah. you know, to to have that sort of positive attitude and to be able to pivot that quickly in times like these where it's a bit drastic, I would say. I mean, you're on, you're literally in lockdown. Like you're like, how do we figure this thing out? And here you are doing virtual cooking lessons and doing all these amazing things. So I give you props for that because sometimes, you know, I know during COVID, a lot of business owners have had a really hard time pivoting, right? Yeah. So what has been sort of your mind state throughout this whole thing and how you've been shifting and sort of like keeping you in balance, like with the business. Well, would you agree, Pamela, that it's all mental? Like if you talk yeah. yourself out of it and if you get yourself into that whole negative Nancy attitude, then you're done. But yeah. if you go the other direction and if you're just like, I'm not going to let this ruin, you know, my business, then you're going to figure out a way. Like, so I asked that question because I truly believe that right now it's a mental game. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so and we're already, you know what, five, six months into it and we're still here. So we're not going to, you know, let this uh, hurt our business, but we're going to keep figuring out new ways because come the winter season, when when everyone truly is, you know, stuck inside because the weather is not nice and you can't go outside. Again, more than ever, companies need to figure out a cool way to spice up, you know, the culture. So we'll be okay. Behind the scenes, we're working on rebranding. So this is a huge project that uh, I personally have had uh, on my head, you know, for the past 12 months. And I'm saying, okay, Brandon, now that you have more time because of COVID, you know, find the positive in this huge negative situation. Take the time that you now have because, you know, there's no live events happening and focus heavily on that. So behind the scenes, in short, we're working on a brand new company name, a new logo, a new website, because we need a, a much better representation of what we do, Pamela. Mm-hmm. So would you agree? Because you know who we are. Like we've been right. working together. We're friends. Like what? I mean, I'm the first to admit, like our company name does no justice. Right. Well, I think for you, I think it made sense right when you started. Yes. Right. I think it made sense where you started, where it was like, that's what you were doing. You were selling tickets. That's what you were, that's what you were used to. So best seats VIP, you know, best seats concierge. It makes sense. Right. But now you have morphed into this beautiful business, Brandon, which is super awesome, you know, and I think that you create an experience on multi-level experience now is what you create. So I am can't wait to hear the new yeah. company name and sort of everything you've got going on because you definitely need something that's all encompassing, you know, with the exactly. travel, with the meet and greets, with the seats, because you do so much more than just get like VIP access seats. And I don't know if I told you this, but I, I interned at a at a premium club at a very prestigious venue in um, in Boston. So I've sort of been in that space for a little bit. And it's like, it's unbelievable the level of service, at least at that time that I was seeing. Literally, you're sitting, you're paying these crazy seat prices and they're giving you like pizza that tastes like calf food and like soda. And like, I was like, who the, like, I'm like, and then that at the time I was like in college and I was just like, I don't know, but like if companies are coming here with their clients and stuff like that, like I would expect something a bit more upscale and stuff like that. So I, there's a lot of opportunity, I think in, in the experience world and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know what's, you know, what they're doing now, but at the time that I was interning there, cause that was actually what I was supposed to do. Um, I, I went to college for marketing and then pivoted sort of halfway and went into communications and entrepreneurship. But that was like my whole dream was to be like in big events and marketing and that kind of stuff. So I sort of saw a sneak peek of the whole 
VIP world a little bit when I was seeing that. And I was just like, this lacks like such a personal touch. So I think what you're doing, Brendan, is super amazing. Super amazing that you're taking it to the next level and you're making it personal and you're creating these memorable experiences in ways that you just wouldn't imagine. You know, that's pretty much has every worth in the world, right? For sure. For so, sure. So no, I find that absolutely fascinating and a kudos to you. So when when do you expect that to sort of So out? our goal is to go live like well, I mean, hoping that this whole COVID craziness is over yeah. by twenty one, like early twenty one. I I kinda wanna line it up, you know, when things start to reopen like fully so that we can, you know, do a nice crossover where I say, hey guys, you know, we're finally, you know, going back to all these really cool experiences, in person events. And hey, by the way, you know, something happened to the Bessie's VIP. You know, it got sick or whatever, but boom, <laughs> here we go. And just have a really cool, awesome, you know, rollout of a whole new rebrand. And our clients, you know, they're going to say, all right, that's great. You know, we know, you know, who you are, like, we're still here, but it's the new companies and it's the new clients, you know, that we're always looking, you know, to capture that will see this and they won't just automatically think, you know, tickets or seats. That's we're very, very excited. That's amazing, Brendan. That's amazing. So now did this rebranding idea sort of come and happen when COVID hit or was that sort of in your mind? Yeah, Yeah. it's been on my radar. And honestly, like, and I'm the first to admit, I've just been so busy because we had our best year uh, last year and it was just crazy. It was just so much happening. But I, I said to myself about 12 months ago, you know, now like we need to, you know, shift our, our imagery in the you know public's eye because we're just getting falsely accused of being like just tickets and like just seats. And I'm like, I know why, you know, you would think that, but until you know, and like sit down and hear what we do, it's, it's a way more. But anyways, so like back in March, I said, you know, all right guys, like we need to, you know, buckle in and just make sure, you know, that we come out of this whole thing with a brand new company name and everything else. So. That's amazing. So Brandon, here's another question for you. Make it a tough one. Make it a very tough one. So, like, what's your daily mantra, right? Because I know you definitely practice the mental game because I hear the way that you speak and sort of the way that you move through things that normal people would not shift so quickly to. You're just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to pivot and just do this. Like, people don't do that. You you have to, Gemma. Like, what? (laughs) There's no other option. Like, I don't have a plan B. Like, this is it. Right, right. But it's amazing to me how you have that that hustle and you have that mentality, which which is fascinating because I'm the same way, right? I'm like, people are like, what motivates you and how do you pivot when you do, you know, when things go wrong with you? I'm like, this is it. Like, yeah. there is no, you know, we'll find ways to do it, right. but it's going to get done. You know what I mean? Like, there's no what if, ands, buts about it. And I find that the most successful entrepreneurs have the same exact mindset. They're like, yeah. they don't freak out when something happens. They literally just sip their glass and they're like, all right, we can't do it this way. So we're going to figure it out. I mean, as you can imagine, in our line of work, Pamela, you know, we're doing a lot of really high end and premium experiences, you know, they have a very uh, high value next to it. And we may be working with a celebrity where, we can't always control how he or she is going to act with our client or how open they're going to be. So at times, you know, it's not 
I don't know, like the player, let's say, might not give our client as much time as our client hoped, but we always have to, you know, be on our feet like we are right now and figure out, you know, ways that we can smooth it out. Or if an artist is late to a meet and greet because they're on the tour bus eating and drinking and doing whatever else, like we have to make sure that our client doesn't get all you know upset and frustrated. Mm-hmm. So we're always thinking of, you know, okay, if this does happen, you know, how can we make it better? And, you know, what can we do to, you know, keep everything calm and, you know, kosher? Now is no different. Like this whole COVID, we had no control over, which lines up with a lot of what we do, you know, for our work, but it is what it is. Like we got to, you know, work around it. Right. So it sounds like that's been sort of a lot of the obstacles that you face throughout business as the biggest one has been COVID obviously now. So what have been some of your most successful moments? Like what, what was like your biggest Backstreet Boys meet and greet at the grand? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was it that one? That was the biggest one ever. Come on, Pamela. (laughs) Honestly, knowing how much it, it meant to you guys, like that's what makes it even more special. Like the value behind it and like seeing how much you guys appreciate it. Like when our folks and our, and like my friends, like you like appreciate the experience, it makes it that much more sweeter. Right. So that, that's just what keeps you going with the business and keeps the passion still flowing. Yeah. The same thing for me, right? You know, like I drive by a house that I did and like either remodeled or built or whatever. And I'm driving by and I'm just like, oh my God, there goes your legacy. Right. And when I'm sure when you see those pictures go up where people post it and you're just like, I did that. I made that connection, (laughs) you know, which is good super amazing and you feel like that's your purpose in the world is to make create these experiences and you know lift the vibes i think i think that's you have a strong role in that my friend you have a strong role in that so now another question for you what would your older self tell your younger self that's a great question don't waste your time on previous relationships with the females that you've dated (laughs) oh no (laughs) you might have to cut that one out of here pamela i don't know (laughs) that's okay with the team can edit it i'm joking and and, and if it's real it's real i mean that's how you feel because honestly i mean i had an ex in my past that i'm just like wow i wasted so much time in for no reason where it yeah. could have been dedicated to push me further to where I wanted to be kind of yeah. thing, you know? Like, this is what I uh, tell a lot of the students when I go back to speak in front of uh, some classes is that yeah. I wish I knew even like, I knew Pamela, but I wish I knew even more back then the importance of just getting outside of the classroom and like not taking college like the whole course and the exam part of it so seriously because the value that I picked up from the internships outside and networking and I was like, damn, if I had done like twice as much as that, who knows? Like, but I'm doing all right now, obviously, but it's like, it's so important just to network your ass off when you're younger and I love doing it too. So it's like, I wish I started when I was in middle school. Like, yeah, if you knew what you know now, right? What about you? Me? What I would yeah. tell my younger self? It's honestly extremely similar to what you just said. No, no, no. You can't copy. No, no, Pamela. You can't copy my answer. <laughs> I can't co- so I got to be authentic. Oh, my God. See, he's all about VIP experiences. He's going to be exclusive. <laughs> and <unique> and different. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, there's business logistics that I wish I knew, you know, in terms of like financial projections and stuff like right. that. That's stuff that I wish I knew sooner because that would have helped me from a logistics standpoint. But for me, honestly, it was about 
I learned about energies and a lot of things a lot later in life. Like I always knew about positive energy and like things like this sort of initially, but you know, like you were saying, being much more cautious of the people that I bring around me. Right. Which includes your intimate relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, any, you know, any scope of relationships that one may have uh, LGBTQ. I mean, however everyone identifies with, but for me, it was like, I was always hustling. Like I, and I knew that from a young age, right. Since I was 10. And my big thing was always, I never knew how to say no. Ah. That was, I think my hardest thing. Like I, gave my energy out so much that it got to a point that I was draining myself for a long time, you know, like throughout high school, college, like all this stuff. Like I was, you know, imagine you give yourself out so much and you're going through all these changes, you know, going through school and doing this and doing that because, you know, as I was, you know, helping my parents at their restaurant, you know, I was going through college and I was also DJing in college and I was also in a super toxic relationship. There was just like a million things happening, but had I known how to say no sooner, I think is would have been much more helpful for me just as a person to grow faster. I mean, you know, I don't regret my experience in in any way, shape or form, because I really think every single piece of what's gotten me here has been this, but knowing how to say no is so important. And as an entrepreneur, I think that's, that's so tough too, because you have clients that can be demanding and there's just a million and a half things going on, as you know. So it's like, you learn to say no. How do you learn to say like, this client is not worth my time, even though their money may be worth it, but like the mental energy behind it, you know what I mean? So it can can be be translated with like personal relationships, intimate relationships, and then not, and then also business wise. Right. Right. Like for me, it's like, I won't settle for anything less than what I know I'm worth. Right. So I'm just like, I mean, here's the, you know, here's what I charge. If you want me to be your advisor, help you buy this or, you know, help you sell this. And it's just what it is. And when people don't agree to it, I'm just like, listen, I'm sorry. There's only so much time that I have in the day. Right. But when, people- when did you, so, cause I'm curious, cause this is yeah. a really good one that you just said. So yeah. Uh, when did it like click that you needed to start saying no to people? And when, like, when did it get easier for you to, you know, find yourself saying no? Well, you know, I think it's because, I mean, there's been many moments in my career that it's like, I've, I've worked myself so hard to the ground that it's like your work starts to lose its not its authenticity, but I want to say like it's performance, right? And the minute that that happens, your name gets put on the line, right? And your reputation. So for me, Brendan, it was like, Pam, if you're not going to be the best at what you do, like stop giving people discounts, like stop just taking everything in and trying to help everybody. You can't do that. There's, you know, there's one of you. And even with my team still, it's like, we just got to be cautious of what we take on because we want to make sure our performance is always on par and we deliver the best of the best results to those who do believe in us. And I'm sure it's the same thing translates the same for you, right? You're like, you put so much time, you put so much thought and so much energy behind every single client for them to turn around and say to you and be like, yeah, man, uh, I think I'm just going to pay you half. And you're like, no, (laughs) you know, like in your mind, you're like, no, I mean, of course you want to help the client, but at the same token, like, you know, you gotta, you know, it's almost like that cliche, know your worth stuff. Right. And then, you know, the real people who respect you and value what you do, they won't even think twice about paying for 
your services, right? So, so that was one lesson I think for me that was, you know, learning how to say no. And I think it's the hardest thing for entrepreneurs, especially starting out, right? You know, because yeah. you are working yourself to the ground in the beginning and you are yeah. just like, I mean, you have to say yes because you're, you're just building your name. So it's like, that's why the first three to five years are so hard because you don't have that baseline. And in your case, it was brilliant what you did to sort of line it up and you already had that. But, you know, especially for people who are starting from ground up. So yeah, that, that's what, that's what I would say. That's what I would say for I like me. that one. Learning, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It, it really is. And even to this day, it's like, you know, but you got to maintain your energies, right? You got to be around people that are like-minded clients that are, you know, happy and positive energy. Cause I'm sure you've dealt with ones that are just like, blah, 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 and you're like, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, that, that's what I would say. Honestly, that would be a piece of advice. And I mean, I love yours as well. Did anything else pop up in your mind? Pieces of advice? So I know there's going to be a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs listening and entrepreneurs listening to, to this right now. So what would be your biggest piece of advice to startup entrepreneurs? Make sure that you're passionate about it. Because if you don't truly love it, and I'm sure you agree with this, like if, if you don't love what you, like you're doing, why are you doing it? And like, that's why I jumped. Like I was doing very well in corporate and I was, you know, crushing it, but I'm like, I'm miserable. Like I go to work every day, I'm killing it, but like my mental is not right. So if, if you're going to make that jump, you know, to being like your own boss and have your own company, that's awesome. Do it. But just make sure that you love, you know, what that whole concept is. And like you said earlier, don't fall for this whole misconception of like what entrepreneurship is and being your own, you know, business owner, like so much goes with it. Like I know where to start. There's just so much that goes on behind the scenes that we know about that people that don't have the full scope of it, you know, think they know, but they don't. So it's like, just make sure that you do your homework on, you know, what it, what was going to take and that you also love what you're about to jump into. I love it. No, thank you so much. Thank what about you? Me? Yeah. Oh Lord. For me, I think it ties into a lot of what you said, know what you're getting into. You know, yeah. a lot of people expect all this glamour and all this glitz. And it's like, at the end of the day, I mean, there, there's times that, you know, especially if you have a team, right? Yeah. Like for me, it was, I had my two restaurants at the same time. And then I had my development projects and there was times where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my employees. I need to, need to figure this out. You know, so I'm maxing credit cards here I'm pulling out loans here doing everything I possibly can to make sure the businesses are keeping going and that everyone who counts on me, it keeps going. So that was for me because I had two brick and mortars at the time. And then I had my development company. So I'd like it was like three sets of, well, there's a lot of sets of employees, but the ones at the shop, both stores, and then um, on my projects, everyone has, you know, all the subcontractors have their own companies. So it's like a whole slew of people that I was paying. So it's like, you know, everyone wants to get into real estate development, but it's like, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot on your back, you know, and even just in business in general. So know what you're getting into, right? Yeah. That's, that's the first thing. And like you said, you got to be passionate about it because there's days, there's days where business doesn't go the way you want it to. You, you know, your proposal gets rejected with this client or, you know, the zoning board of appeals doesn't build this project for me or, you know, and it's like, you got to learn the art of pivot because if you don't, you will never survive. And what I always say that the best prerequisite in business ever possible is waitressing or anything in the restaurant world. Why do you say that? I say that because 
the pressure. If you're used to pressure and if you're used to pivoting, it becomes like habit to you. You're just like, you know, for me, because I, because I did waitress in the past and I did have the restaurants, I'm used to the fast paced. I'm used to things going sideways all the time. So getting into construction, it was like second nature. <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, that's not working. All right, fine. Yeah, we'll do it this way. <laughs> but I realized that, that that's not a trait that's really easy to attain. And the same, the same goes with you, I'm sure. Yeah. And so that's another thing that I, you know, that I advise. I'm like, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, just maybe try that out. I'm like, try, try waitressing jobs sometime, you know, and say, yeah. see how you feel, yeah. how well do you do under pressure? Because as an entrepreneur, you got to know how to pivot and improvise on the spot. Because if you don't, you're going to either kill yourself with stress or yeah. you're just going to go sideways and you're going to be just stressed out all the time, you know? And like for you, like you're so nonchalant with the whole COVID thing. You're like, yeah, I'm rebranding and we're doing this and we're doing that, which I think is so awesome. I think that's so, yeah. I, Brandon, I can't even tell you how much I respect that. And I admire that and support that more than anything. Like it's so amazing to see people like you doing that because it's hard, you know, you're facing a hard time right now and you are literally taking it with a grain of salt and just kind of keep, all right, we're going to keep moving. We're just going to yeah. do it, differently, you know, which is a very hard skill to develop, you For know? Sure. So, so that, there's a lot, there's a whole line of things that I say to entrepreneurs, but it, it ties in very, very closely with what you mentioned. So yeah. Yeah. also they have to be able to uh, embrace rejection and failure and just yes. being told no. And this is like consistent, you know, for whatever you're doing. Um, to me, I love being turned down. I, I love rejection. I don't love failure, obviously, but I learned so much from when I do fail. I'm like, shit, you know, now I know for the next time. And I know, you know, what does work because I got that one person to say yes to this. And that's what also motivates me, you know, being personally happy, you know, seeing my dad, you know, be so successful, but also failure is what motivates me to be a beast. That's awesome. And the way that I say it, I'm like, there's no such thing as failure. It's just lessons, right? Exactly. Touche. That's it. And on, on that note, my friend, let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, so they can find us currently um, as we're in the process of rebranding. Re our uh, social media and our uh, sites are all still live. So the bestseedsvip.com. Uh, we're very active on social media. So Instagram, it's at the best seats. Uh, Snapchat and Twitter. It's at the best seeds VIP. Uh, but again, I mean, like I've been saying, I love just to talk to new people. So I'm sure you'll put in my number, my email, and they can reach out to me at any time just to have a nice uh, conversation and uh, chit chat. Awesome. And they got you got it on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. That they Everything's out there. You can just search for Brandon Gilson and Forbes and Time won't populate on Google, <laughs> but other news and publications will have us in there, but not Times and Forbes. You will be very soon, though, and then you'll be an entrepreneur. You'll be in all these different things. It happens and happens. As long as I'm still cool with Pamela B and she doesn't forget about me, when she takes it to the top, then I'm, then I'm fine. Absolutely. Brandon, thank you so, so, so much for being here today. I loved your story and thank you so much for sharing it. And everyone, you guys got to follow him. And uh, of course, if you need some memorable experiences, you have to hit him up. Like that's just not even a question because you're not just exclusive to the New England area. I think this is important for people to know, right? All you're over, correct. All over, all over. So Brandon is international friends. So hit him up anytime. Brandon, thank you so much. Emma, thank you very much. Appreciate it big time. Thank you. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. 
One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.